Immune and inflammatory challenges arise when our bodies cannot keep up with the demands of handling stress, toxin removal, and cellular function preservation. Managing inflammation is an effective way to help protect our immune system and overall health. And as most of you know, turmeric is a very effective natural anti-inflammatory, but not all turmeric products are created equal. Many products utilize ingredients like black pepper or technologies designed to increase absorption. Unfortunately, that's not the way nature intended your body to use turmeric and can actually lower its efficacy in your body. My go-to for managing chronic inflammation is turmeric complex. Turmeric complex contains the proteins, oils, and other compounds naturally found in the root that allow it to interact with our gut instead of skipping past it to help lower inflammation. This formula targets various pro-inflammatory markers and supports healthy breathing, cognitive function, gut, and immune function. That's why I recommend turmeric complex to all my patients with inflammatory issues. Use code turmeric for 10% off at yourlongevityblueprint.com. And all the evolution that's happened, 30% of women aren't able to give birth the way that our bodies are naturally supposed to. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You are about to hear from a gem of a woman, Heather Connolly, who we've been so blessed to have had as a part of our team at the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. I've been trying to get her on the show since I started podcasting years ago. You may not know, but she also teaches hypnobirthing and has been a surrogate twice. So today you get to hear the benefits of having a doula and using hypnobirthing from an expert herself. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, my guest is Heather Connolly, who is a hypnobirthing practitioner, a birth doula, and is also part of the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic family here in Hiawatha, Iowa. Heather founded hypnobirthing at the end of her first pregnancy in 2010, and using the techniques, she was able to have a completely unmedicated natural birth. 15 months later, she gave birth to her second child, also using hypnobirthing techniques and had a 99% pain-free birth, which was when she realized there really was something to this hypnobirthing thing. She became a certified hypnobirthing practitioner in 2014 so she could help women know there are other options for birth. A year later, she took the doula training so she could further assist in families coming through their class so they could have the best births possible. In 2017 and 2022, Heather was able to put the hypnobirthing techniques to use again when she embarked on the journeys of being a gestational surrogate for two families who were growing their family units. These already emotional warning experiences were only enhanced with how beautiful and pain-free their births were, one being a calm, warm, beautiful car birth, proving that you can have a calm, peaceful birth anywhere. And I look forward to her sharing that story later in the show. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you, Dr. Ray. I appreciate being here. For those of you who recognize her voice, it's probably because you've heard it on the phone at the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. So she's been running our front office for several years, and now... She has some talents beyond what she assists with at the clinic that I want her to share on the show. So before we get started, I'm going to put in a little disclaimer. We're both a little disheveled today because there's a nice storm. And so this isn't my normal background. I'm in my bedroom. I have a toddler outside the door. You may hear dogs bark, but I feel like this is a good podcast to have to improvise with because births don't always go as planned. Do they, Heather? No. <laughs> so it's very true. A couple of mine as well. <laughs> so moving forward, I do want to hear, Heather, kind of what's your story, how you got so passionate about assisting women with natural deliveries? Yeah. So I came into the hypnobirthing world uh, with the birth of my first 
daughter. So when I was seeing a provider done in Cedar Rapids, uh, I went to about my 34-week appointment and I I was just kind of going over my birth preferences and I really figured out that she wasn't going to have my back. Um, I told her that I wanted to have a more natural birthing experience and she just kind of giggled and she said, yeah, most first-time moms say that and then they gladly take the drugs. So after that appointment, I had just kind of turned to my husband and I was like, hey, I don't feel like I'm going to get the good care here that I'm looking for. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm not coming back. So I kind of went home, dove on the internet, um, just kind of Googled, you know, how how do you get a natural childbirth that literally everybody is telling me I'm not going to have, right? Like everybody's just like, oh, just take the medication. But for me, the reason I didn't want to do that is I've heard stories about women. Um, I actually know somebody who had an epidural and then she wasn't able to walk for, you know, a couple months after birth. So that to me just terrified me uh, to the point where I didn't want to do that. After that, it was just kind of the law of attraction. So I found the Hypno Birthing Institute website, found a practitioner out of Dubuque who taught the class, reached out to her, and then it just kind of everything had simple beautifully for me. Um, she ended up being a midwife out of Dubuque. Um, I was able to transfer my care there. And then she also offered water birth. So I'm a complete bath junkie. and <laughs> I take hour-long baths pretty much every night. So that to me, I didn't even know that was a thing that was offered here in Iowa. So it just sold me right there. So again, I found hypnobirthing at 34 weeks. Nora was actually born at 37 weeks then. So I didn't really have all that much time to practice the hypnobirthing techniques. Um, She had kind of recommended, go ahead and read the book, start listening to the nightly practices uh, because she wasn't actually having a course at the time. So I did that. I reread the book several times. It was so interesting to me too, the fact that every time I read it, I turned to my husband. I'm like, this just makes so much sense. Like everything in here, it just makes so much sense. So then when I got into the birthing experience. I don't ever say that Nora's birth was pain-free. I definitely hit a point at the end where I turned to my midwife and I was kind of like, yo, this is this is not fun anymore, <laughs> right? Like, what, what can we do about this? Um, and she had just kind of smiled and she said, honey, if you're saying that your baby's really close. And Nora was born with about 10, 15 minutes and just a couple pushes later. But then again, 15 months later, we welcomed Elmarie into the world. Welcome, but not planned that quickly. But I was able to utilize the hypnobirthing techniques a lot earlier in that pregnancy. So I really dove into doing the nightly relaxations, the breathing techniques every single day. I would actually come home on my lunch break. Um, So I was getting the relaxations in twice a day. And then just, I kept rereading the book. And so then when we got into that birth, that birth, like I said, was 99% pain-free. I didn't feel any surges or contractions. And then the only reason that I say that it was 99 and there was that 1% of a little bit of pain is because we got to the end of her birth and I turned to my midwife and I had just said, hey, I'm ready to breathe her down. And my midwife was just like, oh, that's wonderful. Go ahead and do that. You don't, you don't need my permission. I'm like, yeah, I know. I can't pee. <laughs> and she's like, okay, we don't need to get you out of the water. It's fine. We can go ahead and you know just have you pee in the water. And I'm like, yeah, I can't release my bladder though. So she checked. I actually chose not to get vaginal exams between any of my check-ins. So right when you get checked in, I had one. After that, I didn't get any vaginal exams. But she did check and she's like, yep, you're 10 centimeters. You're ready to rock and roll. She said, but your water is, or your baby's water has not broke yet. So she asked permission. She said, hey, are you okay if we go ahead and break her water? Maybe you'll be able to release your bladder that maybe there's just enough pressure going on there. So we went ahead and did that. 
And the second that she broke Elle's water, Elle's head came out without a surge or a contraction. So that kind of threw me into something called the fight or flight response. And my body actually kind of like froze in that moment. So I went into this cute little, like almost like squat position inside the water still. And my husband was kind of making sure I didn't come up out of the water. And my midwife just said, honey, you got to sit down. I'm like, oh, well, I can't. My legs are like locked. And she said, okay, go ahead and give me a little nudge. And Elle came out the rest of the way. So that's the only reason why I say there was a little bit of pain there is because I just got pulled out of it just enough and just startled just enough that all of a sudden my body went into that freeze response. But otherwise, like I said, didn't feel any surges through her entire labor, which was amazing. And that's like, like I said in the bio, um, that's kind of really where I realized that there was really something to the hypnobirthing technique and that it really does work and it can be really beneficial for people. Sounds too good to be true, but I believe you because I know you know. So, (laughs) so, So what is hypnobirthing? Yeah. So hypnobirthing uses deep relaxation, self-hypnosis. We use affirmations, special breathing techniques to just help ensure a nice calm birth. So what we want to do with hypnobirthing is we want to keep your body out of that fight, flight, or freeze response. And we want to tame down your autonomic nervous system to the point where your body doesn't perceive any danger in the birthing room. Which I feel like a lot of times just entering the hospital, women are going to be in that fear. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot that goes into the medical world when it comes to birth. Like medicalization is there, you know, for a reason. They've saved lots of births. But the second you walk into a birthing room, a lot of it looks the same as if you're walking into a room if you got diagnosed with cancer or if you have an illness. So your body kind of picks up and perceives a lot of that as danger. And we're actually, I mean, we're mammals. So we're just like a deer in the woods. If you see a laboring deer and a hunter comes up, that deer is going to get up, run away, and try to get to a safe space to have that baby. Our bodies are the same. So our autonomic nervous system will then go ahead and shut down your labor, essentially, because it is not a defense mechanism. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's what happened to me. Okay, so uh, what's the history of hypnobirthing? How long has this been around for? Yeah, hypnobirthing has actually been around since the 80s. Mickey Mongan is the original founder of hypnobirthing. There are a few different other hypnobirthing courses out there now. They're all essentially the exact same thing. So Mickey actually came across an article by Dr. Grantley Dickreed talking about uh, just removing the fear from childbirth. So Dr. Grantley Dickreed, he actually really kind of put this into perspective when he realized when he was in different poverty-stricken areas, a lot of those women were actually having better birth experiences than the more educated, sophisticated women. So he was really starting to think about what are these uneducated women bringing to their birthing experience that, you know, these higher educated women aren't. He realized that they were not bringing the concept of fear to their birth because it wasn't taught to them almost like in a generational type of thing. Interesting. So why do we as a country need hypnobirthing? Tell us some maybe statistics on like vaginal delivery versus C-section. Kind of why is this so important? Why do we need this? Yeah, C-section rates here in the United States, they have they continue to increase. I believe we're over 30% now for C-section rates in the US. Um, so that right there is just sitting there saying that, you know, in all the evolution that's happened, 30% of women aren't able to give birth the way that our bodies are naturally supposed to. I mean, our bodies. If our bodies are able to conceive these babies, grow these babies, why are our bodies not able to birth these babies then? So essentially, hypnobirthing takes birth back to 
just an actual natural experience, um, just like every other bodily function that we have going on. Do you know the percentage of women who use pain medications or like who have epidurals versus who don't and kind of related outcomes? Do you know much of that? I don't have any um, recent statistics. Uh, the Hypnobirthing Institute used to get a lot of really good statistics and a lot of feedback. They don't have anything updated since about 2014. So I don't think it's really even valid at this point. And I don't, I don't even know where it would be sitting now. I don't know those either, but I would certainly assume kind of like your fear of, I hate saying fear, but of, you know, your concern, I'll say, with having an epidural. I think the more medical intervention, the greater likelihood for not great outcomes. I think we can kind of assume that at least. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, in, you know, in the actual birth room, you start with the smaller interventions and all of a sudden they just, they just keep going with every intervention along the way until it gets to the point where they say, oh, failure to progress. We need Mm -hmm. to take baby by C-section. So let's let's talk about your birth experiences and how you didn't use a lot of medical intervention. So how many times have you given birth? So I have given birth four times, shared my birth stories with Nora and Elle at the beginning there. Um, those were wonderful experiences. And then I have also been a gestational surrogate twice. So I have a zero buddy, as I like to call him. Um, he is five. He's living over in Chicago with his family. And then also Camille will actually be one here in two days, actually. So she'll be one as well. Those birthing experiences um, were actually 100% pain-free. So that made everything even that much better and sweeter in the long run. So Whit actually, his birth is really interesting too, because of the fact of I was actually measuring 36 weeks when I delivered him at 40 weeks. And that buddy came out nine and a half pounds. Um, So I contribute with all my births. I have actually not had any tearing whatsoever. And I contribute that to one of the birthing breaths that we teach you in the course. So we actually teach you a not forcefully push down into your perineal tissues. We want everything to kind of open up nicely and easily. But we also teach you to wait until you actually have that urge on your own then as well. So even if you're 10 centimeters and you don't have that urge, wait, wait it out until baby actually comes. So luckily his parents were able to make it. Even when I got to the hospital, I was 10 centimeters. I didn't feel like nudging him down or breathing him down for another 45 minutes. And luckily the parents made it with about 15 minutes to spare. So they were there for that delivery. It's incredible. It's just incredible that you're a surrogate period twice, but it's hard for me to believe just given how my birthing experience went with my son that you sit there and, you know, say like, this was literally pain-free. And is that just because your body was so relaxed that you had trained your mind to be in such a state of relaxation? Is that like the, I don't know, one pitch summary line? Is that? Yeah, ultimately it is. So it comes with, uh, I mean, you get a workbook with the course, you get the actual book itself, uh, but then you also get relaxation practices and affirmations. So those are kind of the core piece of it because each time you do those relaxations, a, it gives you the suggestion that you're going to be able to relax that much better the next time you do it. So it's it's going into your subconscious, right? But then it's overriding and pre-programming any negative birthing things that you have hanging on. So think of it kind of like you know the iceberg that the Titanic hit, right? So your waking mind has maybe just a little bit at the surface, but underneath there's a whole big iceberg of all these thoughts and pre-programs and beliefs that are in your mind. Um, And we really try to tap into those and we try to override those with positive birthing experiences and outcomes. Mm, Love that. Love that. 
Okay, I want to go back to your fourth birthing story, though, because yeah. I, obviously you're employed by us. You're working in front office at the clinic. You're you know, gestational carrier. We knew that shortly you were going to be going into labor and you had quite an exciting day. So can you share with us how that delivery went? Yeah, actually, it wasn't even a super exciting full day. It was only a couple hours. <laughs> um, so that's also one of the births or personal hypnobirthing is, you know, a lot of women actually have shorter birthing experiences. But I don't know if you even remember, I shot you and Erica text about five o'clock in the morning. Oh, I remember. Um, <laughs> just kind of saying like, hey, I, I'm having surges. I don't think I'm coming in today. They're kind of about, you know, every four and five minutes apart. But I'm not feeling anything. So I'm just going to hang out at home. So I had called the the family then to let them know, like, hey, I, I do believe today's the day, you know, things are rocking. So they took off, they headed towards Iowa City. And then my husband and I both kind of got up, got around. I'm the person that I had have to put my face on before I step out of the house. So I went and I got that done. And then I texted the parents and I was just like, hey, I'm going to actually put my phone on airplane mode. It's actually only at 40%. And when I'm in labor, I actually like to listen to those relaxations that you get every night just because I've trained my body so well to, to listen to those. And I can just drop right down into relaxation with them. So I text them. I'm like, hey, I'm going to put this on airplane mode. Let my phone charge for about 20 minutes. That's how long the relaxations are. I'll probably start making my way towards Iowa City. So I did that, put my phone on the charger, turned the relaxation on, and I fell asleep for an hour and a half. So then... Meanwhile, Erica's up. saying, she's not coming in. She's not coming in. <laughs> not coming in today. Um, so then I woke up. I actually believe I texted you guys again. I said, man, you know, I just woke up from a nap. They're still about like every three or four minutes apart. Still not feeling anything though. So I'll probably make my way in. I got up then. I went to the bathroom. And the second I was on the toilet, I turned to my husband and I'm like, JR, I messed up. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, we need to leave now. And he's like, now, now? I'm like, like right now, now. So then I went to actually switch into some different pants and he came in and he could tell that my leg was shaking. He's like, we need to leave. So we loaded up in the car. We actually said goodbye to the girls because they were up at that point then as well. And then kind of the next 15 minutes was kind of funny in a sense. But I had actually called my mother-in-law to tell her, hey, girls are at home. Go grab them. And she's like, oh, baby, just turn around and, and go get them and bring them here. Because she's actually only about two miles down the road and on her way to Cedar Rapids in Iowa City. I'm like, no, Angela, and I, I, we have to leave now. And she's like, oh, don't be a baby. Just go get them and bring them back. I'm like, no, we have to leave. <laughs> so then after that, I called the parents and I let them know. I'm like, hey, things just picked up big time. We're on our way. We just left the house. And then I had to call the midwife to let them know that I was on my way and to ask them to turn the water on. I was working with a midwife in Iowa City who knew that I at least really wanted to labor in the water. That was important to me because along with the birth breath, I also do believe sitting in the water, it kind of gets your perineal tissues nice and, and pruny, kind of like your fingers in the water. And so I, I feel that it makes it a little bit more stretchy. So she knew I wanted that. Um, and then the lady actually said, she's like, oh, that's fine. But we don't have a room ready for you. We're probably going to put you in a triage room for a while when you get here. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll have time. Can you talk to the midwife and see if she can get a tub ready? And then after that, we were coming through Cedar Rapids. I was able to put my relaxation on. Um, so about Walker. So it's about a 20-minute drive probably from Walker to Cedar Rapids. I turned my relaxations on, got my groove. We were coming around the S-curves kind of by like the H Avenue exit. 
And I turned to my men or turned to my husband. I'm like, um, my water just broke. And he's like, okay, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, how much farther is it to Iowa City? He's like, probably like 40 minutes. He's like, probably like 50, because I don't even know where I'm going when we get there. I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He's like, we're right by St. Luke's. I'm like, it'll be fine. It's no big deal. So then we passed the St. Luke's exit. And then the very next exit, a surge came on. And I'm like, we are not fine. I'm holding this baby in right now. (laughs) He's like, don't worry, I'll take this exit. So he took that exit and he actually was running into St. Luke's, which is not where we were going to deliver. Um, He was actually running in to St. Luke's. He was like rounding the car when her head came out. So then by the time he actually got back out in the car, I was holding her. He looks at me and he's like, you had the baby? And instantly I was just kind of like, yes, yes, that just happened. (laughs) Like, we're good. We're fine. And so then we actually, we had to drive around to the actual um, labor and delivery unit. But they actually, they they let me labor or pulsate in in the car for a while. So we didn't even clamp off her umbilical cord. So she got all her blood before they even got me into the actual birthing unit. <clears throat> so it was really funny. Although, and then you took a I selfie really... and sent it to me. <laughs> yourself. I, mean, I, didn't take the, I don't, I didn't take a selfie. Jared took it actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I sent it to you all said, oh, well, I didn't make it to Iowa city, but the parents didn't make it. So I was kind of bummed. So they had actually made it to Iowa city where I was planning to deliver. And then as soon as I called, they were actually just putting their key in the condo that's right across from the hospital. And she's like, we got to go. We're going to Cedar Rapids. So then they had to truck back up here a little ways. Could you be missing out on magnesium? If you aren't already taking magnesium, you likely should be. Our deficient food sources, caffeine consumption, stress, and exercise rob us of magnesium, which is an important cofactor for hundreds of processes in the body. It can calm your mind and ease your nerves to help you sleep at night and help reduce anxiety, PMS, and headaches. It can relax your muscles when you have cramps, your bowels when you're constipated, and it's required for energy, hormone production, and vitamin D absorption. If you're interested in exploring more about how magnesium can help support you living a longer, healthier life and the exact type of magnesium supplement to look for, check out my blog post, The Magnificence of Magnesium, found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash blog. And use code MAGNESIUM for 10% off our magnesium chelate product at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. They did miss it, but you know what? Their baby entered this world without any pain medications and it was a quick delivery, so... I mean, it was warm in the car. The relaxations were going. No pain medications, no fear whatsoever. Um, So let's go back to that. even. Despite you maybe feeling like this labor progressed, I mean, you were anticipating that it was going to progress quickly, but despite it even progressing maybe more quickly, were you still able to keep your body in that Zen zone? So JR is playing the music in the car and you're, you're still in that mindset. Yeah, That's I, didn't, amazing. I couldn't feel any of my surges or contractions uh, with wow. either Wit or Camille. Yep. Wow. So even with Wit's birth, I even remember when we got to Iowa City, I remember thinking on the way... I could feel every turn that he was taking to the hospital there. And I remember thinking as soon as we parked the car, I really wish I could just teleport myself right from here to the room because I'm not feeling anything. And in that like split second, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to come up and out of the self-hypnosis, right? And walk into the hospital, do all things. 
But I was still able to do that. So even when I got in there, we went to go walk past like the check-in desk and the lady's like, oh, you need to stop. I'm like, I don't think you want me to, <laughs> you know? So I was able still just maintain the entire thing. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't feel anything. I got right into the room. My midwife checked me right away and I was already 10 centimeters by the time I had gotten there. That's incredible. You made me wonder, are water births really allowed in Iowa or is it only a few places? So Finley was one of the only places, Finley and Dubuque was one of the only places that did allow in-hospital water births. Their midwives have since retired. And so they did not, they didn't hire a new midwife. So they only have OBs. So they did discontinue the water births there. I do know there's a couple other locations that will allow you to labor in the water. I have attended a couple births where mom was laboring in the water and we just got her out and had towels on the bathroom floor. So she was able just to be right there, right next to the tub. And there are midwives too, where, you know, they'll jokingly even say like, well, if the baby comes out in the water, it comes out in the water. If it happens, it does happen. But with, you know, hospital regulations, they don't always love it to happen. I think every, all of our listeners probably know what a midwife is. And I know I had midwives as well. What about a doula? What is a doula? Yeah, so a birth, a, a birth doula, there's multiple different kinds of doulas anymore. So there are birth doulas, there's postpartum doulas. And a birth doula is actually somebody that will go to the birth with you then. Um, and they help keep you emotionally, physically, you know, they're just your support person. They can help facilitate communication between you and the providers. A doula is not a medical provider, though. So they're there just an emotional support standpoint. And so you are a, you call it like a certified doula? Yep. Yep. So I am donor certified. So I am a certified donor doula. Um, here in Iowa, though, you don't actually have to be have a certification. Different states do have different rules, but most states you don't have to be certified even. So even, you know, you could attend a birth as a birth doula if you wanted to. Um, a lot of women will have, you know, like their sisters um, or even their mothers attend their birth in a, in a doula role. It certainly sounds like just the little that I've heard from you since you've been working at the clinic that a lot of the births you've, do you say, assisted with, supported with as a doula went pretty quick. They were pretty, I can't even say pain-free, but like not complicated. Do you feel like when women have that support person, things go smoother or kind of speak to the strength of having a doula and why someone would, would really want that? The birthing outcomes with women... Uh, who have doulas there do tend to be a lot better. A lot of times, even more of the suggestions of interventions aren't suggested quite as early. Plus, I feel like they're just better prepared because they have those conversations and topics that are brought up prior to the birth. So then when you get to the birth, you kind of know what your options are a little bit more than as well. But most doulas will also kind of advocate kind of hanging out at home and laboring at home as long as possible. So then birth is really rolling by the time you actually get into the birthing room then as well. So a lot of interventions start to come into play. You know, if there's, if the hospital kind of has like a 12 hour clock and they kind of want to see things progressing in a significant amount of time in 12 hours. And if you're not kind of following along with where they think you should be, they might try to kind of speed things up a little. Not all providers are like that, um, but it can tend to happen in the hospital setting. Makes sense. Thank you for sharing your birthing stories because... Oh, yeah. yeah great, great stories. Um, <laughs> what have you learned through kind of your birthing stories, your experience with hypnobirthing, but also through kind of supporting other women, I guess I'll say also with hypnobirthing and as a doula, kind of what have you learned from their labors? from your own, just in general? What are some good tips or advice for our audience? So 
So I love that there are other birthing classes out there. Obviously, I teach the hypnobirthing, so I love the hypnobirthing. Um, but it is interesting, the doula clients that I do have who go through the hypnobirthing course and have that background, and then the ones that I attend without the course, without the course, they do tend to have a little bit longer of labors than the ones for, who come through with, with the hypnobirthing course and the hypnobirthing background. I have, you know, attended births where I'm pretty much just walking in and here comes babe. And I have actually been at a birth that was over about 30 hours. With that being said, it was a beautiful home birth and she just got to hang out at home. It was actually this beautiful Mexican couple and her mom came and cooked for us. So we had all this authentic Mexican food the entire time. And she, I mean, she was doing things like yoga and going for walks and all these amazing, beautiful things that you don't always get. Is this the woman we saw at the airport? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so I've been at two of their births and both of them were beautiful and magical. And like I said, you know, so many people hear like a 30 hour labor and think, oh my gosh, she had been in so much pain, but it was, it was the complete opposite. She got to just kind of chill at home, hang at home. She had birth photographers, the, the whole shebang. And we just, you know, we, we were just right there with her the whole time. Um, so going back to the hypnobirthing though, with, with the hypnobirthing, um, I do believe that your body your body knows it's in labor long before you actually really realize you're in labor. So I feel like so many women, especially my doula clients, seem to go into labor in the middle of the night. I truly believe because they go to bed listening to the relaxations and their body is just doing what it needs to do while they're sleeping. And then when they get to wake up, you know, like, oh, hey, let's get moving. Let's get going. So I do find that those, the hypnobirthing clients do tend to have a lot shorter labor. So most labors that I kind of attend are anywhere between kind of like, probably on average about six hours, but honestly, anywhere normally between about four and 10 hours in my birth. Sounds like a dream. I, I want to go back to the client of yours that we saw at the airport because we had taken our team, I think, to Dallas for a training. I think that's where we went. And, yep. you know, we we're sitting waiting at the gate and all of a sudden you just like, oh, we're like, oh, and you ran across a little bit of the terminal and gave this woman and her children a hug. And our whole team immediately thought, oh, that was, that was so magical. That that must be someone that she, you know, had assisted with through her birth. And it certainly was. So that was kind of cool for us to see. But tell us, so for listeners, you've given us some advice. And obviously, we need to be able to get our body in a state of relaxation. And we're going to have you read a visualization script here in a minute. But before we get to that, any other resources? So there's hypnobirthing, is it .com or... Um, it's the actual hypnobirthing institute. So, or actually, I think it's international now. So hypnobirthing originally... Hypnobirthing and Mickey, when she first created the course in the 80s, she actually created it for her daughter. So she had actually, you know, she had read that childbirth without fear with her own birth. She then went into her own birthing experiences and she told her provider, like, hey, I want to have a natural birth because I, you know, I read this article, I want to have a natural birth. And he said, oh, yeah, totally fine. Um, her first two births, she had actually got into the birthing room, had labored completely naturally, and her baby's heads were coming out. And this was back in the, the era where, you know, women got ether coned, pretty much got put out and babies had to be taken out by four sets. Um, so when she would, when she woke up from those then, you know, she was kind of told, hey, don't be surprised by the bruising on baby's face you know, because we had used forceps. And here she was like, my, my baby was crowning and yet you had to pull baby out by forceps, right? So when she got into her third birth, then she really sat down, talked to her provider and said, hey, this is how this is going to go down. If you don't want to honor me, I'll go somewhere else. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. 
And actually, it was really cool because at that time, too, men weren't allowed in the birthing room. And she also had her husband by her side for her third and fourth delivery then. When it comes to the actual course, she put the course together for her third daughter, then Mora, who had told her that she was pregnant. So through the years, she had really realized that she had used a form of self-hypnosis to walk herself down into the relaxation when she had her own babies. And so that's why she actually created the course then was for her daughter. Um, It's really cool because there was four people in her very first course or class and her grandbaby was the very first hypnobirthing baby that was born then. So she was super thrilled with that. Yep. So I actually think it's hypnobirthing institute.com is what it is or just link in the show notes yeah listeners yep other resources Ina Mae Gaskin uh, she's a great one advocates for you know all things natural in the birthing room Um, Penny Simpkins also has a really great partner book uh, so that would be a really good resource then as well here in Iowa I do teach the hypnobirthing course either in person I I've gone to chiropractic offices. You let me have it at your clinic. We also now are doing Zoom because of COVID and everything Zoom these days, right? So that can be an option then as well if you want to actually take the course in person. Otherwise, if you go out to the Hypnobirthing Institute, you should be able to track down and find providers in your area then as well. Awesome. Let's just stay on that note for a second. So I was going to ask kind of what services you offer at the end. But so let's just clarify that. So you offer a hypnobirthing course. And then you also work as a doula. So so listeners could hire you for the doula portion as well, correct? That is correct. Yep. Well, I hear you have a visualization script that you want to share with us. So I'm going to go ahead and make you host here so you can share some music and kind of explain to us what we're going to be listening to here. Yeah. So this little script, um, this is not a deep relaxation script or anything like that. This is a script that I like to use at the end of the very first course or the very first class of the course, um, because it really helps you see how powerful that your mind really is. Okay. That's it. So go ahead and just close your eyes. Take in a couple nice deep breaths. Relax your eyes, your jaw. Let the breath flow down over your shoulders and all the way down to the tips of your toes. Allow your eyes to comfortably close and breathe in relaxation. Breathe into the count of four. Pause. Breathe down to the count of eight. Very good. Continue to take a few of these beautiful, deep, calm breaths and let the breath flow down all the way through your body as your shoulders begin to droop into the frame of your body. Now at your own breathing pace, allow your breath to drift down through your chest, your stomach, and down through your body as though it were going to flow all the way down to the tips of your toes. Releasing and relaxing. Feel your shoulders, your chest, your elbows becoming limp and relaxed. Release and relax. Now in your mind's eyes and in your imagination, take yourself to a kitchen. This is a kitchen that you are very fond of, one from your near or distant past. It's a place that holds good feelings for you. See yourself there. It could be your kitchen, your grandmother's kitchen, your mother's kitchen. 
Look around you and see all the familiar things of this kitchen. Feel the warmth of the room. Breathe in the aroma of your favorite foods as they cook. See the steam and the condensation forming on all the windows. Imagine now that you're standing at the counter of this wonderful kitchen. In front of you is a cutting board. And on the cutting board is a bright, beautiful, yellow, round, plump lemon. You can feel and see every one of the pores of this lemon. Run your fingers over that lemon. It's almost wax-like. Study all the features of that lemon. Beside the board is a large cutting knife. Give yourself permission to pick up the knife. And now, in your mind's eyes, see yourself cutting the lemon in half. Watch as the juice runs down and makes a small puddle of juice on the board. Now take one half of the lemon and bring it to your nose. Smell the lemon. Now take the lemon and sink your teeth right into it. Be aware of the juices. Feel them running through your mouth. Slowly move your tongue around the inside of your mouth. Feel what is happening within your mouth. Very good. Be aware of those changes and now slowly come back to your, to your room. And when you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes. I'm salivating. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the point, however, right? Yeah. However, your body did not just bite into a lemon, but yet your body is reacting as if it did. So this right here is just kind of showing you how powerful your mind and body connection is. And actually for every thought, your body um, actually has a chemical and physical response. So when we are thinking about that fight, flight, or freeze, um, there is going to be some sort of spot response within your body. When we really talk about the, the fight, flight, or freeze response in your autonomic nervous system, if you think about the idea that if you're walking in a dark alley late at night and you hear something behind you, what do you think that you would do? Personally, you, Dr. Gray, what do you think that you would do if you heard something behind you in a dark alley? Yeah, I'll grab my phone, dial 911. I don't know. Yeah. Most people either say they will turn around to fight, right? Which yeah. is my husband. Sure, 100%. Sure. He would do that, right? Most females will say, I will run. Like I'll instantly run away, right? So you could turn around and you could look and it could be the cutest little kitten ever. But yet in that split second, when you heard that noise, your body perceived it as a danger or a fear. So you're thinking, hey, if I turn around, there's going to be somebody with a knife, right? Or somebody's going to mug me, something's going to happen. So when in that split moment, when your body perceived that danger, your autonomic nervous system then went into defense mode. So it sends the blood and oxygen to the defense mechanisms of your body. So your defense mechanisms would be your brain because you need to think quick in that situation. It would be your arms and your legs, right? Because you need to either be able to fight off that danger or run away from that danger. Your lungs, your heart, all of that is getting the blood. Guess what is not defense? Digestion and your uterine functions, right? So if your body is perceiving that there is danger or fear, it's going to shut down and it's going to send all the blood to those defense mechanisms and defense portions of your body. And it's actually going None. to cut off right. the supply to the uterus. So a lot of times what happens then 
you know, as baby then becomes oxygen deprived, because that is how baby is getting oxygen is through your blood, through the umbilical cord. And then all sorts of interventions can start coming into play when that happens. That was good. Very good. You may likely have heard me talk about one of my favorite products in several episodes called Adrenal Calm. It contains a unique blend of botanicals and nutrients that support the stress response, particularly promoting cortisol balance. Specifically, Adrenal Calm includes a blend of adaptogenic botanicals and nutrients formulated to counteract the effects of daily stress and support healthy energy levels. It also contains phosphatidylserine and L-theanine, both of which reduce that half-life of cortisol or, in other words, calm adrenaline. I love using this in the afternoon if I've had a stressful workday or before public speaking. It can also be taken on a daily basis as many of us have more daily stress now than ever before. If you're interested in learning more about adaptogenic herbs, read Chapter 6 of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, and check out our product guide info sheet at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash product forward slash adrenal hyphen calm. To get 10% off adrenal calm or L-theanine, use code calm at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show. So back to that exercise that we just did. Like how often do you currently practice these sort of visualizations or exercises? And then how often should your clients, especially, you know, soon to be birthing clients be doing these sort of activities? Yep. But of course, you actually get uh, two different relaxations. Um, so a rainbow relaxation where it gives you this beautiful imagery of a rainbow and every color I love of the rainbow one. actually, yeah, it actually has a different su- suggestion for you to follow when you're visualizing those colors. The other one is actually, um, it used to be actually in the hypnobirthing book when you used to purchase that, but it's just a very good, another guided imagery. I actually, I love that one because that's the one that I started training with. So even with all my other births, after I became certified, I still use that other relaxation, even though the rainbow relaxation is the core relaxation bit to the course. I tell people the sooner that you can start the practices, the better because your body is going to just have that much more of a chance to override any of the negative programming that you have about birth. So if you think about the idea that even from the time that you were probably a little girl, you've been hearing everybody's birth stories and they're not always great birth stories. And a lot of times you get a a group of females together and it's almost like they're kind of trying to one up each other on how horrible their birthing experiences was which I actually find interesting because when I talk about my birthing experience, everybody is just like, oh, well, yeah, you're, you're just Heather. You're, you know, that's, that's just you. Right. And I'm like, no, it's because they trained my body. <laughs> you know, like I trained my mind, I trained my body. Yeah. I did the work. So I really encourage that the, you know, the, the sooner that you can start the relaxations, the better. And I tell people, I would even do them a couple of times a day if you can work that into your schedule. So most of them, you know, are just 20, 25 minute scripts. Um, they're guided imagery. And it's not hard practice. You just have to make the time to do it. Um, so a lot of people say, put it on before you go to bed or if you did a lunch break, you know, or need, you know, just kind of like a five second reset in the middle of your day or a 20 minute reset in the middle of the day. That'd be a great time to do it. And then the affirmations that come with it too, you know, those you can be listening to during the waking day. Affirmations are a way to, again, start to believe it's going to override and start to reprogram your mind into a belief that a certain statement is going to actually happen and be the outcome. Um, And the more your body hears that, the more it's going to take that in as a truth. So I do suggest the sooner the better. With that being said, 
if you find hypnobirthing late in your pregnancy, that's okay too. Because I mean, I only had three weeks to prepare with Nora's and I still had a completely unmedicated water birth. So it's still doable late in pregnancy then as well. Good encouragement there. I have to also just point out to the listeners, like this work that we're talking about, right? And investing time in these sort of relaxation practices doesn't just apply to birth. (laughs) We've had a lot of other episodes on just getting your body out of fight or flight and on adrenal fatigue and whatnot. And so these sort of, again, relaxation or visualization practices will help in general, just calm the nervous system and kind of get you, you know, out of being stuck there as so many of us often are. So much of today's society, you're seeing everything as a constant danger. So even if you think about that little Facebook notification that's bright red and you see that, you because it's bright red, your body thinks it has to act on that right away. That's actually sending some sort of fear into your body then as well. That's why they changed that little icon to a red. So all around us, we're getting all of these suggestions from the outside world the, the relaxation practices, the meditation practices, just being able to calm your entire nervous system back down. We want to keep you kind of out of that emergency, you know, sphere. And we want to keep you kind of in a, just in general, a healing sphere. Right. 93, yes. Yeah, 93 to 97% of your life, which most people are not there. But we need to be, which is why we need you. So tell us, Heather, where can listeners find you? Um, so I don't have a very good social media Dance. I actually don't have Facebook. Um, I am on Instagram. It's just a personal um, currently. So it's just Hev Conley. So H-E-A-T-H-C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y. Otherwise, you can just visit my website, which is bliss-hypnobirthing.com. Love it. And I know you're offering a discount for our listeners. So share that with us. Yeah. So anybody that wants to take the hypnobirthing course, whether it be a private or a group course, could be Zoom or in-person then as well. Um, I am offering a 10% discount um, as long as you reference the podcast. Yay. Awesome. Well, last but not least, what's your absolute top longevity tip if you had to pick one? I would still stick with meditations. Um, A lot of people think that meditations have to be, you know, you have to sit in a dark corner and and quiet your mind for completely blank, right? I actually really enjoy guided visualizations and guided meditations because I believe a lot of those have the affirmations in there then as well. So it's kind of a double bonus. Plus, you're able to not have to fear that, you know, oh, I'm not doing this meditation properly. You're able to sit and just really visualize everything that they're saying in those guided meditations. I'm actually a person that I either still, when I go to bed, I will download a meditation off of YouTube even, put my phone in airplane mode so I can listen to it then when I go to bed, or I do still listen to my hypnobirthing relaxations often just because I know that I'm going to get that solid of a sleep (laughs) because I'm so trained to be able to fall asleep to it. Um, I find it really, really interesting. I used to wear one of those Ava bracelets um, to track my cycles. I'm the type of person that I've listened to the hypnobirthing so many times that as soon as I hear pretty much the first couple little tunes on the relaxation, I feel like I'm completely asleep. However, my Ava bracelet will actually pick up that I'm not sleeping until the meditation or the relaxation is, is over. So that right there is kind of showing that your your mind and your body is still taking all those suggestions in and you're not actually falling asleep. So your brain is still in that beta wave um, where it's just the most susceptible to be able to take that in. Very cool. Very interesting. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing really hope that listeners can too have a pain-free birthing experience. And so I just so hope listeners connect with you for your doula and hypnobirthing services. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I know we've been trying to do this for a couple of years. So hey, it finally worked (laughs) out. 
Gosh, her experiences seem too good to be true, but I know they're not. They are real. She's walking living testimony of the power of hypnobirthing, and as her visualization demonstrated, our mind is so powerful. And I don't think we take advantage of that power, and this interview was a good reminder of it. If you're pregnant or hope to become pregnant, you can connect with Heather at bliss-hypnobirthing.com. She's had lots of happy clients, and you too could be one of them. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. This podcast is produced by Team Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.